Welcome to the Bill Cartwright Show with our special guest, professional basketball player, Georgetown alum, Chris Wright. Chris, welcome to the show. Mr. Cartwright, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here. Appreciate now, let's it. just go, Bill. I'm really good at that. Yeah, but you got to understand, it's hard for me. You know, I, <laughs> I, I, I've seen so much of you. In a different light, so you know, just mm -hmm. out of respect, I, I say Mr. Cartwright first, but I appreciate that. I'll call you Bill. <laughs> now you've had a really interesting journey. I was looking at it last night. Let's just take it right from the beginning, and I just want you to talk a little bit about where you grew up, and I want you to talk a little bit about your mom and dad. Yeah, no problem. I grew up in uh, PG County, Maryland. I'm from uh, originally from Temple Hills, Maryland. They moved to Bowie, Maryland, PG County. If uh, people don't know about PG County, it's rich in basketball history and tradition. It's the home of Kevin Durant. It's the home of, you know, Mike Beasley and the, and the likes, Ty Lawson, guys like that. Um, yeah, my parents were, my dad is from, my dad is originally from Costa Rica. Uh, moved to the States when he was 11 years old um, and in New York City. Was a Knicks fan. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the Bronx. You know, so uh, I, I understand. You understand. We're on the same page. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so he's from there. And, you know, he grew up, he was a college athlete, Lafayette. My mom is from Montclair, New Jersey. Um, my, my mom has been in real estate, you know, my whole life. Uh, my dad has been in sales since my whole life, you know. So uh, they've been well. I have an older brother, and my parents have been great. I, my parents have been married this year. They just, August 27th was their 39th anniversary. Uh, wow, that's just getting after it right there. 39th anniversary, yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit about, I just want to know, in high school, what kind of kid were you in high school? Were you a sports kid? Were you an academic kid? What 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 kind of kid were you? I was definitely a sports kid. <laughs> Academics was not my focus. Even though I liked certain things about academia I I was not that was not my focus I mean I when I was 10 years old we won a national championship in basketball Walt Disney where we went down and won a national championship played it um I actually played against uh I, at the time I thought it was Steph Curry we played against his little brother Seth Curry uh when they played with the Charlotte Star, uh Charlotte Stars but uh yeah in high school I was so by the time I was in high school and coming up in the area and the community I coming up in fifth sixth seventh eighth grade it's you know, it was basketball focused, you know, it was like basketball or nothing. Like that's how people from this area was. It was rich. We working out, we playing, we competing, we going to this uh, gym, we going to this gym. And we weren't on the, we weren't really in the parks. <laughs> we weren't in the parks at this, at that time we were into the, you know, we're in the, inside in the gyms. And uh, yeah. So for me, when I came to high school, I was just thinking about when can I get on the court? <laughs> that's all I was thinking about. Now, when I was in high school, I had a great high school coach, and I also had a great teammate who was a year older than me that kind of showed me the way of how to play and how to work. Did you have any influences like that that helped you develop your game? That's actually, you know, no one's ever, that's, that's interesting. So I went to, when I went to St. John's College High School, um, we had Dwayne Anderson, who was a senior at the time, who's now assistant coach at Villanova. We had Dante Cunningham, who was a rising junior, who uh, played in the NBA 10, 11 years, uh, went to Villanova as well. We had Nolan Smith, who's now the associate head coach at Louisville, 
was coming in the same year as me. Him and I were coming in as starting backcourt on varsity as freshmen. And um, so those were our, those were my best. It was, you know, guy was like, you know, all city and all this stuff. I had three guys were kind of all city that we can look up to. Um, One was a senior. And then the next year it was two rising seniors. So we expected them. After my freshman year, everybody left, everybody. There's literally nobody on my team that was returning that was on the varsity basketball team going into my sophomore year of high school. Completely different team. So I had nobody except for – so I built a really tight connection with my coach who I just talked to for like three hours two days ago, Coach Paul DiStefano. Um, and we got – you know, that became my lifeline. And we got real close. And it was and it was during an era at that time when everybody started changing schools here, going here, da 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 da. Everybody want to go change to trying to position themselves, you know, to to be um, whatever, <laughs> trying to position. So I didn't do that. I stayed in one school. I stayed in one school, and I and I refused to to move. And we got a really close bond because of that. So I didn't really have nobody to really look up to except for him, the coach. <laughs> that was it. Players, no. So, after your senior year, um, did you feel like, I mean, were you being recruited? Were you being recruited heavily? And why did you decide to, how did you know what school you wanted to go to? Well, I had, I, uh, I had game, man. I was, I was, I, I still got game, too. So, you know, um, I was... I was one of those guys always highly recruited, highly sought after, highly regarded. So, I mean, my freshman year, I was getting with Coach K was walking with me in the hallways in school, you know, as a, as a sophomore, excuse me, as a sophomore in high school. So I was highly recruited. Um, I originally had committed to North Carolina State. Originally, I mean, committed to Herb Sindek. Uh, at the time, they had Julius Hodge there. They had Cameron Benjamin, uh, Levi Ward. They had a good team. Julius Hodge was the man. And uh, Herb Sendak got fired and went to Arizona State, became James Harden's coach. So I wasn't really, you know, I did now thinking about it, I probably should have went to the West Coast. But at this time, I was West Coast. That sounded like, you know, for me, for a 17, 16 year, that sounded so crazy to me at that time. Like, go all the way over there for school and play ball. It just didn't make sense. So I didn't go there. And um, so that's how I ended up at Georgetown, you know. And at, at the time, Georgetown was just was building, building, you know, was building and went to the final four. And yeah, one of my uh, good classmates went there with me. So I was recruited by everybody. It came down to me. For me, it was um, Georgetown, North Carolina State, Villanova and Wake Forest. So what was your final, why Georgetown? What what pushed them over the hump? It was home. Uh, we just came up, to, they went to the final four. I had a senior point guard coming in. That would have been my freshman year. We had a senior point guard. So I felt being with him and connected with him. We had a junior shooting guard, Jesse Sapp, who was big time. The starting point guard, John Wallace, who is now um, works for the Timberwolves. Um, and he was a senior. I mean, big time. He just was – John is what – John was that guy. When you come to a team, the guy that does everything perfect on the team, like the coach asks every single thing that he does <laughs> – that was John Wallace. So I felt like being behind him and learning from him would just elevate me. So anyway, um, it just seemed like a great fit. We had Vernon Macklin, who I played with in high school in AAU. We had Dewan Summers from Baltimore, who was a beast. 
Um, we had, you know, Roy Hibbert was our All-American. You know, we had a great team. You know, I, I felt that me adding myself and Austin Freeman to that mix, Jeremiah Rivers, Doc Rivers' son, also was on that team. Um, I felt like we had a great mix to make a Final Four run and, you know, see what happened from there. Everybody wins when you eat. Well, everybody does well when you win. So <laughs> go from there. That was my thinking. Talk about your coaches. Love my high school coach. No, no, no. Your college coaches. Oh, I only had one. I had uh, John Thompson the third. John Thompson third was my coach, JT3. Yeah. Yeah. So did you have a good relationship with them? Great. I have, I've had a – I'm a point guard. I had a great relationship with them. <laughs> Absolutely. I was his point guard for four years. I know the Princeton offense like the back of my hand, you know. Like, that's what we ran. And unfortunately, I, I didn't necessarily – at this, I didn't like it. But I know it now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, no, we had a great relationship. You know, we had a great relationship. He was a, he was very cerebral. He was an introvert, you know, but extremely intelligent. Extremely intelligent. Um, won a lot of games too. Talk about your biggest win. There's two different things. Talk about your biggest win and talk about your best game. That's a tough man, you yeah. know. So many battles. Um, I would have to say, you know, being Syracuse in the Garden in the Big East tournament was big. They were ranked number one in the country. They won the Big East regular season, and we beat them to go to the finals. Um, that was a big game. So I would say it's crazy. I would say two games against Syracuse. And the other game against Syracuse, which a lot of people probably wouldn't say is one of my best games, but I think it's one of my best games, is when I scored maybe zero. I think I scored two points against Syracuse, at Syracuse. But I had, like, nine, ten assists and, like, eight rebounds. And and I played, like, you know, they played the two three, so I played in the middle of the zone. So everything was running through me, and I was just making plays. That was probably my favorite game that I probably played. And we won. That was the first time we won in the Dome in, like, 20 years. Wow, that had to be very exciting. Yeah. Okay, it's your senior year. Yep. So you're getting ready to leave school. Yep. What are you thinking? Are you thinking about the draft? Are you thinking about uh, where you're going to fit in? So what what were your thoughts? Yeah, I'm going to the league. This is my thought. Absolutely. And um, it was <laughs> so February, my senior year, I broke my hand, broke my right hand. So with left with maybe six games in the regular season, I broke my right hand, and I was having a great year, and um, I missed the last three weeks of the season. So, and we played terrible. Lost five, six games in a row. Went to the tournament. Lost in the first round of the tournament to UConn when Kimber Walker went on his amazing run in the NCAA tournament. This first game of his postseason run was against Georgetown, and I was hurt. I couldn't. I, we couldn't play. We had a great matchup in the regular season. So um, we lost to VCU in the tournament. I rushed back with – tried to play with a broken hand. It didn't work. <laughs> lost to VCU. So um, I don't know. I was going through the draft process, and it was a weird time because at that, that year I was coming out was the NBA lockout. So as soon as the draft is over, there's no communication. You know, the, you, you understand that, that, that what was going on at that time um, clearly. So – so for a kid that's been dreaming to play in the league his whole life, okay, you might not get drafted. Okay, but you can go through summer league. You can go through the NBA G League. You can go through, you know, you can get in that formula and try to, you know, work and hustle your way through. 
there was none of that my, uh, coming out my senior year. It was shut down. Everything shut down. So who was guiding you? Did you have an agent? Who was guiding you through that process? Yeah, I had an agent at the time. Um, Doug Newstat was my agent. Damn, I almost forgot my man's name. Shout out to him. He's a good guy. <laughs> um, uh, Doug Newstat at the time. Yeah, it was, a, it was a weird time. That's when guys were going overseas. NBA guys. Uh, Darren Williams was going to Turkey. Uh, Ty Lawson went to Lithuania. Lamar Odom was coming over. It was other, you know, more guys. J.R. Smith, I think, went to China that year. Like, it was a lot. It was a, it was a lot of uh, people all over the place. People all over the place. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about what happened. So, where did you go? So, I ended up going to Turkey my rookie year. I went to Edine, Turkey. Why Turkey? Because that's where it's paying the most money. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> you know, because a lot of guys, when they go overseas, going overseas is not easy. It's, it's you're away from no. home. Everything's different. No. Different country, different <laughs> language. Different, everything's different. So how, how did you find it? Uh, you know, I always, you know, basketball was always my, was my, my you know, groundbreaker for everything. You know, you go to new schools, you go to different spots, you go to different. Basketball was my, you know, social barrier. I wasn't a street kid. So all my lessons I learned in life was not on the street. It was on the court. It was whatever sport I was playing in football, basketball. That's how I'm going to learn because it's what I'm doing. So for me, you know, that was always something I knew I could go back to at a young age, early. I mean, 10, 11, I can always, I'm good at this. I can do this. And I can figure out everything off of this. That was my, and that was a good thing for a young kid to have because you always got an outlet, you know? Um, I was always coordinated. So when I went overseas, it's the same thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Do what you do. Go play ball and let the rest figure itself out. That's it. So make some money, too. You got to be happy about that. It's the first time you can actually get paid to to play what you've been wanting to do your whole life. So, shit, I was happy. <laughs> talk about the turkey style of basketball and talk about how many other, uh, for them, Warners like you were on the team. So they had just changed the rule to have, well, yeah, they had just changed the rule that you can have uh, four, you had, at that time it was four, you had to have at least one Turkish player on the court at all times. One or two, I think it might have been, I want to say two, but it had to be one or two Turkish players on the court at all times. Um, and the league was, they got some Turkish Turkish basketball is really big. They're really big guys like yourself, and they allow them to play physical, allow them to bang. They allow them to set screens. They let them let allow you to bump you with your screens and hit you elbows coming through. And let allow you play ball, and and it's respected on both ends. It's not seen as oh somebody's playing dirty. Um, that's the, the biggest thing I noticed about Turkish basketball. They play extremely physical, extremely physical, and they're really big. So you you enjoyed your first year there? Oh yeah, they played good ball. Oh no question, they played no question. They played good ball. My my year got cut short though, because I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in in Turkey as a freshman. I mean as a rookie, I have multiple sclerosis. So let's talk about that really quickly. Um, Story I, takes a I, turn for a little bit. It, it takes a turn. Yeah, I don't think you knew this about me. No, I didn't know. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. So 
that's something I was going to ask you later, but let's ask it now. How did you feel and how did you know there was something wrong with your, your system? I didn't know. I, I went to practice. Like, so I, you know, you have two practices. Say I have practice on uh, Tuesday, 10 in the morning, five, you know, afternoon. So the next day you'll probably have one practice. You're not going to have two. So I went into practice, say I have, you know, five o'clock practice. I went in like two thirty, three o'clock, just to shoot, get some work in, you know, I lifted a little bit earlier, you know, just getting some work in. And so as I'm in there shooting, I'm working on moves and working on stuff. I, as I started dribbling the ball, I started feeling the, like, as I'm dribbling, I feel a sensation come through my hand. Like your hand feel it, falls asleep and you get that tingly feeling. Then as I dribbled again, it, sh- it shot up my arm and it shot up my arm. And it just, it just, I started feeling it like, you know, my body was like, just like, you know, vibrated type thing, you know, and I felt it all way. And then after a while, within the next 20 seconds, my complete body was numb. I couldn't feel anything. I could, I guess, feel myself touching and all that, but I wasn't able to, I mean, I could see myself touching, but I couldn't feel it, you know. Um, told the team, I told the coach, I was like, yo, I don't know what's up, man. I got to go, t- I can't feel nothing. Like, this is crazy, literally. I can't feel nothing. I'm trying to touch, I can't feel anything. And uh, once the doctor told me to take the day off, and okay, take the day off. We don't know, we don't see anything wrong with you. I wake up the next morning not, you know, thinking anything about it. And I go to stand up and take a step and I fall completely to the ground. I collapse. I couldn't walk. I couldn't walk. So this is, you know, now I couldn't walk. I had to crawl to just call my teammate to come help me out. Da, da, da. So I went back to the specialist, I mean, to the doctor. And they told me, um, you know, all these normal tests. Can you feel this? Can you feel Nope, nope. Can't feel anything. They said, ah, oh, we don't see anything wrong with you. And mind you, I'm coming in here in a wheelchair. He was like, we don't see anything wrong with you, right? We don't see anything wrong with you. You can go back to practice. What? What you mean? I can't even walk. I can't stand up. So, you know, I had some choice words. And I had a, you know, because at this point, I'm frustrated because I don't know what's going on. All of a sudden, I'm running and jumping yesterday, but now I can't move, you know? So I was frustrated. So I went off. I started smacking stuff off the table, going saying every word that you can believe. Okay, okay, okay. We take you to a specialist. And that's when I was clinically diagnosed with multiple sclerosis. So that's how I was diagnosed. And that was in Turkey. I was in uh, Istanbul when I was diagnosed. So what were the doctors telling you about? Did you think your career was done? I didn't know what multiple sclerosis was at that time. You know, so I, I had no idea what it was. I didn't know. I had no understanding of it. It was not, it's not a lot publicly written you know that's given to the public eye about multiple sclerosis now is and now it's being publicized more but at that time and even before that 15 years prior to this is i'm saying 2010 2011 even 15 20 30 years prior to that there was no information i mean or if it was you look online it's a death sentence (laughs) so i didn't think anything of it so when i once i started reading up about it i'm like that don't add up to me, you know? So that's how I thought about it. That was my first, you know, inkling. I was like, that doesn't add up to me. It doesn't You can't tell me that I can't run. I can't, I'm not going to be able to play. I can't do this anymore now because I just was doing all that yesterday. So there has, you know what I'm saying? You can't, it, it's, 
I just didn't understand. It wasn't making sense to me when I when I diagnosed, even though I was well beyond clinically diagnosed for multiple sclerosis. Is there a, some a thing where, um, like a milder case? Did you have a mild case of it? Is it either you have it or you don't? Everybody, everybody's MS is 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 singular to them. So it affects everybody. That's why it's one reason why it's no cure. It's because it's no common symptom. Everybody can be affected in different ways. Right. You know, that's that's the thing about MS. Is you, you can, I can be so people can look at me and like you have MS, and then it could be another person. Unfortunately, it's in a wheelchair. We have the same thing. <laughs> you know, and that's actually an issue that I come up. You know, I've had to deal with. Uh, not an issue, but more of something that I've had to confront when I'm publicly speaking to people, you know, and I actually shied away from that for a time period. They're like, I don't believe you have MS. I don't see it. I don't, you know, and storm out, you know, because I'm like, but my story is everybody is different the way it affects. So it's no, no rhyme or reason on how to control it or how to, you know, keep it in remission, to be honest. So when you were diagnosed and they knew that you had it, mm -hmm. what can you do to better your condition? Because well, you're already healthy. I mean, you're healthy, you work out, I'm assuming you eat right. So what can you do about it? Well, next, you know, then you got to go to the, to the heavy doctors. And they were like... Uh, just to understand, I guess, to better their knowledge um, so they can, you know, proceed in the right way. They were saying the spinal taps, I had to do all different type of, you know, extra testing just to be sure. Also, they wanted to rule out other uh, possible scenarios. Um, that was the next step. That was the next step. And a lot of, the, a lot of doctors, are, you know, for the right reasons, are more kind of conservative in terms of how they are going to treat a patient, you know? Um, so in my case, where there's no one has never played basketball and I'm saying, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm playing basketball again. You're not gonna tell me I'm not gonna play. They're like, you know what? I don't, we don't agree with that. We haven't seen it. It's not test, you know? So a lot of doctors were like, nah, I don't think you do it. You need to choose another career path. So that's where the, that was the next step to be honest. So I had to find a doctor <laughs> and eventually I did. So there's no medication or anything like that? So there's there's several different uh, medications. I was on a medication called Tysabri. Tysabri is an intravenous um, injection, and I get it once per month. Once per month, continually, you know? So I did that. I was diagnosed. I did that for like eight years, once a month, everywhere in the, in the world. I was doing that, France, Italy. Israel, Turkey, everywhere. And then the last two years, with the advancement of medicine, I've taken a different medicine, which has been amazing, you know. Yeah. So let's talk about your career after that, because you played in um, a lot of different places, a lot of different countries. Uh, Am I getting this right? You're in France. You're in Italy. You're in Israel. Yep. A lot of time in Italy. Six years. So, Poland. So yeah, you've you've had quite the adventure overseas. Talk about the uh, 
best place that you enjoyed playing? Ty. Best at overseas in Europe. Best place I enjoy playing. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's a tough question. It's it's. Or did you like it? Yeah, I love playing overseas. It's a great environment because the, the fans. It's a different environment. You know, you go to an NBA game. It's a show at an NBA game as a fan. It's a show. You got the big jumbo, you know, jumbotron. You got the DJ. You got the dancers, you got the cheerleaders, you got the shooting, the, the cannon. You know, it's a show. You know, clap your hands, everybody. You know, it's a show in NBA. Great entertainment. I'm not complaining about it. Over there, it's like a lifestyle. Like, it's like a a pride family. We're wearing these colors. You know, what the NBA used to be and sports used to be when it was guys were in, when you were in there, when it was when there was guys on the same team for five, six, seven years. So you can fight, feel that pride behind and get to know the player. But that's how it is overseas. <laughs> they they on it. And the fans are living with you. So you they coming and speaking to you. They're passionate. You have a good game, they're going to show you crazy love. You have a bad game, they're going to they're gonna <laughs> tell you how to do a game. <laughs> and, and maybe more, <laughs> you know. So that's part of the game. But they respect guys that come and play hard, respect their culture. And try to win. Okay, so um, favorite city. Favorite city. Yep, you got to pick favorite. one. I got to give you a top five. I got to give okay. you a top five. I'll give you Istanbul, Berlin, Milan, Paris. Paris is nice. Um, and I got to show love to Trieste. Oh, it's a couple cities in Italy, too. It's a couple of real nice cities. That's what I'm saying. It's hard to say. <laughs> it's hard. Right. It's a, and I got. I'm always going to have love for Poland. My daughter was born in Poland, so um, I don't know. Yeah. I, look, I Europe is it's good to just to, to experience and just go talk to random people and stuff. Okay, uh, best coach that you uh, coach with overseas. Best coach. Best coach would be Davide Moretti. His son played, no, Paolo Moretti. His son played at Texas Tech um, with, uh, it? when they went on that Final Four run. He's in the NBA now. I can't remember his name. He's like a wing. Um, he played on that team. They went to the Final Four. But we went to the champ. We lost in the championship in a European competition. Uh, he was a coach. He was a great coach. I loved his, loved his style. It's tough, but I love his style. Two of your best teammates. I'm mm. gonna give you two. I'm not gonna give you one. I'll give you two. You Which tell me your let me your two favorite teammates. I got a bunch of them. Patrick could be one of them, but uh, that's what I'm saying. It's hard for me to say. Well, two. I do. One guy that I love, of course, is Louis Orr. Okay. And uh, Trent Tucker and I spent a lot of time. We were in New York. Um. See, so that's those, three right there. That's three. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, I've, I've had like 150 uh, teammates, so. Right. In the NBA, so, you know, I've, 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 I've had a bunch. I'm just talking about guys that some guys bond, and you're just yeah. together all the time for whatever yeah. reason. Not that those um, other guys aren't great guys, but you're just together every day. 
every day, so that's easy for me. I talk to my college teammates every day. Um, Greg Monroe, Henry Sims, Austin Freeman, Jason Clark, Aaron Bowman. I talk to we literally talk every single day. So those those are bro- those have become brothers. We become like that, you know, um, over time. But yeah, so them <laughs> for sure. Talk to them every day. Okay, so what's next for you? Well, right now I'm still playing. I'm still I'm I'm, still I'm, I'm a free agent. So if I get a good a nice contract, that's what I'll be doing. So I'm working out every day. Um, where where do you want to go? Where would you like to be back playing at? Turkey or Spain? So those are the two best leagues. For me, I think. For you. Everybody has their preferences. I like France, too. Um, but I like the style of basketball in Turkey. And I like the style of basketball in Spain and France. France is an up-and-down league. They got great athletes. They play fast. They play athletic. I like that. I like that league. Spain is more like an NBA style to me. You know, when I was a rookie, I was already planning for my retirement. I knew I wanted to be have my own business in some kind of service industry. And I was ready to be a McDonald's operator after all that brain power. That's what I came up with. Yeah. Do you have a vision of what you want to do? I mean, I ended up coaching. I was directed there. But... Um, do you have a vision of what you want to do after you're done playing? Yeah, absolutely. I want to coach. I feel like in what capacity, I'm not exactly sure. But I feel like coaching is the best way to teach and to leave a legacy um, after you finish. And I feel like it, I, I would do injustice to myself into the game of basketball if I didn't get back, uh, you know, with my knowledge and what I've been through. So definitely coaching in some type of capacity where and at what level we'll see, you know, um, we'll see, but I'm not, I want to coach. <laughs> I want to have some type of coaching, you know, I think that's important. Even if it's not in sports, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be in sales, teach somebody else how to be a salesman, you know, but I do also have my own media company, which is dog talk uh, production. Um, and we, uh we do like yourself we do podcasts we interview former hoyas we talk to former we t- i talk to kevin durant i talk to queen cook i talk to her brown i talk to david cox assistant coach at um well he was a head coach in rhode island he's now assistant coach at university of maryland and uh you know give different perspectives i do a live morning show on instagram every day um on my show and then i i got my hands into several other things you know hustling like a Jamaican. I, you know, I, I do government contracting. <laughs> <laughs> you do a lot. I do it all. I got three <laughs> children and a beautiful wife. <laughs> okay, so how much longer do you feel like you're going to play? I mean, I didn't know when I was yeah. going to stop playing. So I don't know. I don't know. Because I feel like I'm always going to want to say, yeah, I want to play. It's, not, it's never going to be a t- I don't ever think it's going to be a time where like now, nah, you know, I just don't. I love the game that much. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say I don't want to play, even if some, you know, that may be the case. And I can do things to. I just love hooping. So for me, I don't know. I'm not even 
thinking about it really. I mean, if if I was to stop right now, because of how I treat it and how I, you know, how I, I, I experience, I, I look at my career, I'm cool. Because I went hard every single day. I ain't, I left it out there. There's nothing I can say, you know, I could ask for more, except for winning the championship. That's the only thing I would want to do. But other than that, it's, um, I'm cool, regardless, either way. Let's talk about your family. Most important, that's my village. That's why I've been able to play with multiple sclerosis. Um, that's why I've been able to to stay confident, you know, to to still, <laughs> you know, that's been my fortress. Every year you need a, it's, it's, you can't put into words how important a family is when it's the right way, how much it means and how much of a difference it makes in, in your life. You know, yeah, everybody has their issues. Every every family has issues. Everybody's going to go through some. But when they really genuinely care about you and want your best interests and are there supporting you, you feel like you can accomplish anything. And that's what I've been blessed to have with, with my parents, my brother, my wife, and my children. So, I mean, it's, that's all I'm about is family. My cousin, my cousin Bruce, who connected us, you know. Yeah, Bruce <laughs> yeah. is a good guy. Yeah, it's all family. So talk about your wife and kids. Where'd you Where'd you meet? We met him. I met my wife in my high school. We didn't go to the same high school. I met her when I was thirteen years old. I was a freshman. I was coming up to school to work camp uh, the summer going into my freshman year, and she worked she worked camp also because she lived near the school and played for my coach with my coach's daughter in basketball. So they were on the same basketball team. So that's how she was working. She didn't go to the school, but she worked at camp. So we were friends for a long time. We met at the, yeah, we met at the court. <laughs> that's amazing. And we met at the court, and it's been like that. You know, and not saying we dated all the time. We were friends, and we kicked it, and we hung out, and we went to, like, homecomings and did all that. College, we, we just stayed friends, you know. But as we, you know, as we got older and reconnected, we've been riding ever since, you know. So we've been married seven years now. She's, she's my best friend. We, we kick it all the time. We go a day. My family goes everywhere with me overseas every year. They're in school, overseas. My wife comes. That's just how I move. Um, you mentioned your daughter. One daughter? One kid? I got three kids. Three kids. I got three kids. My son, Chris Jr., is the oldest. And then I have Charlotte Maria. She's six. My son is nine. Uh, Charlotte is six, and then my youngest, Camilla, is uh, is three in two days, like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, so I got three. Yeah, so you're gonna pass on the uh, basketball legacy to your son? If he wants to, that's on him. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really liking what he's into right now, which is baseball. <laughs> he's he's loving that. I'm like, yo, let's do that, man. Let's you know. But no, nah, I'm just I'm just glad that they having fun. I don't really care. I'm not going to be one of those people that's trying to put nothing on them. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure um, you will guide them the right way. I think you're yeah. very, very fortunate to um, be guided the right way. Absolutely. I was, I was, I was fortunate. Got, you know, they'll see whatever they want to do. They can do it. They just got to, you know, whatever y'all want. Y'all the superheroes. The kids are the real superheroes in the world. <laughs> they the real superheroes. Well, Chris, thank you so much for being on. You have a really inspirational story. Uh, I don't believe I know of anybody that had to deal with what you've had to deal with and be as successful 
So you should be really proud of yourself, you and your family. Thank you. Thank and thank you. you so much for being on and sharing your story. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. I, it's a pleasure to be on here with you with so much knowledge and just so much, so many great games I, I'm seeing you in right now. <laughs> so for me to be sitting here with you is a pleasure and it's an honor, so I appreciate it. Yeah, if you, if you tell Patrick, tell him, uh, tell him I'm okay after he beat me up a few times. Oh, that's after he was my teammate. Then he beat me up. Why beat you up? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, we were both aggressive players. It was about <laughs> to happen. It was just bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We hopefully we you know you got to support. You got to support your teammate. We got to get this ship right over here in, in DC, man. We got to get this right. We got to get this right. Yeah, yeah. I'm hope I'm hoping that I can visit, uh, get to a Georgetown game this year. Please do. Please come on out. We'd love to have you. All the support we he can have, we need. <laughs> you know? So awesome. But no, I appreciate it. I really do.